0: Alright, hey everybody out there in radio land, welcome to episode 7 of The Rub Wrestling. Um, We're getting back to a little bit of a normal schedule now and uh, we're going to you know, give you the best quality wrestling podcast that we do have on planet motherfucking earth. Uh, Just as a reminder, if you need to reach out to us or you have any questions or you have anything that wants to be on the show, um, you can reach out to us at the rubber wrestling at outlook.com. And you can also find us on uh, many different platforms, Spotify, YouTube, hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on Google play, find us on Apple and basically anywhere you can find a podcast in this day and age. gentlemen, Glad to have you. Glad to be here. I just want to have a couple things. My best question for you guys right now is I'm always going to fire an opener to you. Chris, what is the best theme music in professional wrestling right now?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. There's so many good ones. I mean, I like Adam Cole's. I like MJF's. Um, I'd have to say my favorite one, which I did get to witness before I beat the crowd uh, last (laughs) last, uh, Forbidden Door 2. Is probably Okada's. I just like the coin drop, and then I like uh, I like the rest of it. Uh, I like a lot of the Japanese uh, the Japanese intros. They're not uh, they're not crazy, but they're some of them are kind of lighthearted, even though they're supposed to be intimidating. But go Ace. Right no- yeah, I'd, I'd have to say right now it's uh, it's probably Okada's.
0: Awesome, awesome, Josh. Same question to you. Best theme music, something that you're gonna like, basically rip out. Put on your put on your phone and rip down. You know, going down some whatever avenue it is in Trenton, Ontario, with uh with the, with that theme music. What is it? What are what are you playing from your phone?
2: Uh, you know what? I don't really i don't I don't know if I connect enough with the theme music. Cause I really like Jericho's theme music just because it gets the fans going. But I think that the the hottest theme music right now or the hottest entrance has got to be Seth Rollins. And I think like when he comes out, the way that the fans react and the sing his song. It's it's the biggest for me. It's you know it kind of gets me going. But uh, I would say that uh, yeah, Seth Rollins has got to be the the biggest entrance right now for me.
0: That's yeah, I know. You, you know what? It definitely gets it's those uh, the theme music that, that get the crowd involved. Uh. You know, that really kind of that takeover like I was actually uh, Money in the Bank was just actually replaying on Sportsnet and we got to see like Shinsuke's uh, entrance for Money in the Bank. And that was pretty wild if you got to see that kind of the same style. But I have to agree with uh, with you. I think Seth's is a big one. Uh, My favorites a little off the cuff. I'm going with uh, Switchblade Jay White. And the uh, basically the the sounds of the sword and the violins and uh, you know that gets a little bit crazy. So I think Bullet Club Gold. I think uh, that's the theme music I'm blaring going down the road.
2: <laughs> I, I miss uh, I miss Shinskey's with with Rick Boogs on the the axe. That was that was an entrance with Pat McAfee on the table standing up. Oh yeah, and
0: going aim shit. Oh yeah, definitely. So
2: I miss uh, uh, undisputed,
1: undisputed Errors is the one I miss the most.
0: That's a great one, too. The one that I really miss is The Million Dollar Man. (laughs) Money, 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 money. And since we're talking about money, we are going to talk about money in the bank. Now, obviously, money in the bank kind of happened... Um, last week, we're a little bit behind, we're going to kind of catch up, we're going to get ready, don't worry, by the time SummerSlam runs around, we'll be all caught up by all this, and uh, we'll get everything ready for SummerSlam, and for All In at Wembley, uh, we'll have everything, but we're just going to try and bring in some of these topics, because I think that uh, they're going to have some major implications moving forward, so, um... Money in the bank, you know. Everybody was watching that. That was in London, uh, London, England. Massive crowd there. Um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a crowd that kind of foretells for kind of four tells us about uh, what seventy or eighty thousand people at Wembley is going to be like. Um, we've been hearing right now that basically the tickets have been moved up to almost eighty thousand for Wembley for All In. Uh, but that crowd was nuts. We had Soccer Chance going, and uh, the crowd was right right into it. But uh, big takes away from uh, the first match was uh, basically the main event was the Bloodline Civil War um, uh, to go through. But before we get to that, we're going to get to that in a second, but I just want to kind of talk about the uh, the the men and the women's money in the bank. Um, the men's money in the bank, um, we all thought the favorite was, you know, Chris's favorite, L.A. Knight. Yeah, dummy. Yeah. But... Um, turns out that Damian Priest took it down. Um, LA Knight was definitely there at the ending of the match, but uh, he was actually he was actually basically the foil to Priest actually lifting, uh, <laughs> basically taking the briefcase home. So, your thoughts about that, gentlemen, when you're looking at it, was was it a mistake, Chris, to not put the money in the bank on LA Knight? And um, do you think that if it does go to Priest, do you think Priest is a better choice than LA Knight um, moving forward going into the the, the wrestling summertime?
1: Uh, I'm I'm not upset with LA, or I'm not upset with Damian Priest winning it. I think he's been pretty strong. Uh, his last few outings, um, LA Knight would have been my personal take for it. Uh, I thought he was starting to get more mic time. He's he's almost arguably one of the most over, over acts right now in WWE. Like the crowd crowd is really going for him. When he looked like he was going up the ladder about to take it, the crowd was going nuts, so um, I would have liked him to to carry it. I think they booked him pretty strongly in the match, so I think I don't think his run comes to an end with that, especially him, uh, like you said, being the foil to Damian Priest lifting the the briefcase, but maybe it'll be good things moving forward for LA Knight, so hopefully his run doesn't end here. Um, You never know, you've seen We've seen money in the banks get uh, get switched over every once in a while. You never know. They might put them into a program together. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, but overall, I thought the match was good. And uh, even though even though my guy didn't hold the briefcase, I'm not upset with uh, Priest. Anybody else, I probably would have, I really wouldn't have been too high on it. But if anybody else were to win it other than LA Knight, I would have gone with Priest as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think those were basically when you look at the people that were in it. Probably the two front runners, right? When uh, you're kind of looking at programs, I think Priest, um, the stuff that he's done with, um, you know, the Judgment Day has been kind of fruitful. Like especially the match that he had with Bad Bunny was a good one. But I think the only the only other person that I really would look at in that match was Shinsuke. Some people were talking about Santos Ex- Escobar, but um, I think really those were the two front runners when we we're kind of looking at the whole program. Josh, what do you think about? Um, damian priest winning it and what are your thoughts how, how do you think this affects the judgment day and their grouping move moving forward
2: yeah i'm really i think i'm okay with it just like chris i think damian priest is uh, especially you know being one of the like co-leaders of the judgment day he's shown that uh, he's got the in-ring ability he's definitely big enough to be a heavyweight champion um But I can see that he's going to, I feel like uh, he's going to turn face soon and him and Finn Balor will have a program working together. It looks like that's kind of where it's going, especially when, um, you know, they've had a few interactions with themselves at the rings interfering with each other's matches, but not on purpose kind of thing. But like just showing that there's not uh, as much of coherence. So that could be a thing that happens i'm i'm okay with it i'm just glad it wasn't logan paul like i think that would have been really a a terrible way for wwe to to get logan paul another title title match at some point um you know not that he didn't do well in the match but i think that priest has shown uh that he he that he can carry the money in the bank and who knows they might put him into a program for you know a secondary title too um but I think it's going to be good. Uh, hopefully, they book it well. With LA Knight, I, I kind of feel like the reason that they didn't put it on put it on him is maybe because of his age, and you know he's not ready to carry not not ready to carry the money in the bank. But it doesn't make as much sense to give it to him, more of a seasoned veteran. Let you know the young gun show up, go to th- go with it, and give the guy an opportunity. Because you know, Money in the Bank's not usually a person who's going to carry the title for three years. It's it's a guy who's going to sneak in, win the title, and then you know potentially lose it. You know, twenty percent chance. So, with the men's at least.
0: Yeah, you know, it makes sense, and I think when you're looking forward, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they're going. I think there was an argument that uh, Priest was having with Balor. I think at one point, I think it was on Monday Night Raw, and I think that's. Uh, I don't know if it's going to dismantle the group. I think they'll work their stuff out. I mean, they're they're too good of a group. I think to break up at this point, but the the one thing that really kind of stands out with Santos Escobar, Rey Mysterio, and a guy like Priest is um, the the uh, the big enormity with the Latino community that they have, and and maybe having that as um, you know one of the reasons why it, it's moving Priest forward. It's it's a great way to kind of take him out of this heel roll, move him into a face roll, and uh, really see what's going on. I mean, we've been hearing uh, rumors going through about even more members for the, uh, the LWO coming out with maybe Carlito and uh, a couple of... Um, uh, the uh, the the wrestlers coming out of Puerto Rico, so it's kind of a uh, kind of interesting time to uh, really see and you know what clientele is drawing. And we we're talking about LWO; they have the the best merchandise sales on the market right now for WWE products, right? So that'll be kind of interesting. Now for the women's side of the Money in the Bank, we had EO Sky going over. Um, she ended up beating um, basically Selena Vega, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Trish, and Zoe Stark in the the women's Money in the Bank match and so I think this is a great platform for EO moving forward she's had a couple of the big matches she's had the NXT um, Women's Championship but now she gets to kind of represent um, and kind of tease what can happen on the big stage so um, Chris are you a big fan of EO Sky? Do you think this is well deserved for her?
1: Yeah I like EO Sky so um, I, did, I didn't see this match but uh, uh, especially anytime anytime anybody goes over Becky Lynch it's, uh, it's kind of a springboard so She's, she does really well in ring. Um, I like just her demeanor in general. Uh, so yeah, to, to me, to me, it was a good choice. If you weren't going to go with Becky Lynch, I mean, you can't just constantly shove Becky Lynch down everybody's throats. Sometimes you have to use her as someone who gets another star over. I hate to say like a younger star over, but Becky Lynch has been there a while now, so she's kind of she's established. She's held the belts. So anytime anybody beats her, is you're kind of springboarding yourself and. Giving yourself a push through somebody else, or, or getting the rub, if you will, and then uh, yeah. Nice. So I see what you did I, there. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not upset with it at all. I'm interested to see what they what they do with her. I hope they I hope they give the the women's Money in the Bank as kind of as much uh, attention as they give the men's Money in the Bank. And anytime with Money in the Bank, it's always really exciting because anything can happen. Any show could be where where it happens. We've had. Um, similar to false finishes we get false cash-ins every once in a while you know they'll come to the ring and walk away so money in the bank briefcase is always it's always one of my favorite uh my favorites my favorite runs once they get the once they get the briefcase so whether it's a pay-per-view or whether we all get surprised at a raw or a smackdown when somebody cashes it in, it's always it's always a great time especially when uh a champion wins a hard-fought match. Then you hear the Money in the Bank person's music hit, and they just come down, land their finisher, and it's game over. I, I, I love it.
0: Yeah, you know, I think there's been a few different things that happen with that over the bank, but that generally seems to be the uh, the the road. Of course, somebody basically goes through a long match, they take punishment, they get beaten up, and then, bam, there it is. Now we have a new world heavyweight champion, right? Or a new world champion. <laughs> Uh, for for whoever's gonna do it now with the women right uh, as well um you know we had some other matches that came through obviously with seth rollins beating finn Balor, uh we had uh gunther really uh look good Gunther really looked good against matt riddle uh really working that foot and really working the storyline in that one um I think the other one that we really had was Cody Rhodes against Dominic Mysterio. That was, uh, I think, one that Cody was clearly going to win because we're uh, going to get ready for Cody and Brock 3 coming up uh, eventually for the summer. Um, I think my last big point that we had for Money in the Bank, the last, uh, probably the most shocking thing of the night, um, uh, was really um, with. Um, actually, there's probably two things. One before that is probably going to be with John Cena actually being. On the card and actually giving Grayson Waller uh, an attitude adjustment. Now, one of the big topics that coming out of that is that it seems like the WWE, after seeing what's going on with Wembley, um, with AEW All-In, are looking at potentially having a WrestleMania in London. Now, we'll probably be looking at Wembley Stadium for there as well and and trying to get 100,000 people to try and beat whatever number AEW has Um, They also have a couple other options in Olympic Stadium, which has, uh, I think, a little bit more. That's um, where West Ham plays their football. Um, But are you guys opposed to having a WrestleMania in London or having those two big events going back-to-back? Do you think this is WWE's way of trying to get back at AEW to say that they have a bigger product? Josh, what do you think?
2: Um, Well, I kind of read a few things, so I'm not 100% sure. I think that... Um, obviously that uh, the nod at AEW selling out Wembley or getting the amount of tickets sold at Wembley is a big deal because, you know, the UK, although it's a kind of a tap market, the US doesn't really have, or WWE doesn't have a stranglehold over the UK in the same way that they would in the US. Um, However, from what I understand is that, like, the WWE tries to, make cities pay for them to come to their cities for big events like this, and this is just something that London doesn't do typically. And that maybe they're trying to play to the fans' reaction to say, like, hey, it's a possibility, but you got to pony up and pay for us to come. So I kind of saw that too. So who knows? Um, it could also create, you know, WWE uh you know being sold to endeavor it it could create some capitalistic uh, opportunities for them where they could you know potentially have other cities fighting to have wrestlemania abroad it would definitely be something that's unheard of especially considering how big wrestlemania is be interesting to see how it would work out if it was being broadcast in a different time zone here you know like how bad would that affect the pay-per-view buys you know if we're gonna start to have a three o'clock or four o'clock start time eastern standard is that going to impact, you know, the viewership? I'm not sure. I have, have they ever done a, a WrestleMania anywhere outside of North America?
0: Um, Chris, you might actually know that question better. I, I don't. I don't know if they have. I don't think they have.
1: Not to, not to my knowledge.
0: Um, and in I think Toronto, I think is
1: going.
0: Yeah. Well, the I West. mean, but in North America, and I think time zone plays an important role too, right? Like WrestleMania generally starts at six o'clock, right? Which means England depending on what's going on is it could be anywhere from five to six hours behind, depending on, uh, so based on, uh, the standard times and based on, uh, daylight savings. Um, so, you know, a WrestleMania at that point on a Sunday would probably start at noon or one o'clock. Um, and it would probably start if they started at six with a pre-show, you'd be definitely getting about a one o'clock start for that. So that would kind of seem a little bit odd if they went through, um, especially for how long those shows are. Maybe it's having uh WrestleMania over two nights or, you know, just having all of the festivities over three nights of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and see if that actually works as well. Because let's face it, they they're, they're going to do that as well. They do SmackDown the night before, and um, they're not gonna they're not gonna lose SmackDown on the Friday night either. Um, so, Chris, what are your thoughts? Do you think this could actually work? I mean, other than a pay per view setting, but having like a WrestleMania, especially where they've done those two nights now, do you think that it's it's feasible for the WWE to go to London? And do you think that that's going to improve the European fan base if they actually do that?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be feasible for sure. Um, as we've seen with AEW, uh, what seventy five thousand tickets sold? Not one match, not one match announced yet. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think there's a match announced yet. No. Um, so I, th- I think it uh, I think it looks looks big on AEW for for WWE to pull out John Cena, pay him to show up to announce that it's going to be going to be in, in London. I think it shows us that uh, maybe AEW finally is becoming that that major second player, especially if WWE is trying to copy them and put their big show on after AEW puts their big show on. Um, I think London will love having a WrestleMania. I think SmackDown will be packed. I think Raw will be nuts. And uh, my favorite crowd of the year is always the WrestleMania Raw crowd. So I think what we saw after Money in the Bank, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be bonkers, but... uh, Yeah, I think... Will it... Could it tap out? Could it tap out their fan base after having two big shows, like, moving forward? Um, I don't know. I guess that remains to be seen, but... The London... um, The English wrestling crowd has always been pretty big, and... It's going to be a boon for all the smaller companies, because like everybody else does, they always... They'll always um, book shows around WrestleMania, right? The little... A lot of the indie things or there will be a lot of cons con type of things as well so i think uh i think they're gonna be pretty happy because they they never get they never get something like this so now they're gonna have that big that big wrestling moment so um hopefully what it does is make make a lot of new fans and uh and just uh just makes all the all the hardcore fans in in england happy
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely so many little promotions that are around there. We saw with uh, ICW and we saw like a lot of really good matches and some big name stars. We saw like what was the other one? I think it was Progress and, um, you know, and then you're kind of breaking into some, you know, different ones. There's uh, some promotions in Germany that are pretty popular and they kind of move around and those wrestlers in Europe really kind of go around because Europe's not like North America. You can get somewhere in five or six hours or even less than that just by taking a train. Right. So you just get a Euro pass and go, which is kind of cool. um, so I think it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. I think, you know what, one thing that we can definitely say in the UK is that wrestling is on an all-time high up there. And I think it's uh, it, it's going to be really good, especially for, like, AEW has a lot of uh, a few English uh, English stars. Um, there's a couple of them that are wrestling on uh, Dark and uh, on stuff like that and, um, you know, in ROH. I think it'll be really good. But, I mean, you know what, you got, like, Jamie Hayter. you got guys like uh, Anthony Agogo. Um, who hasn't wrestled a lot since, like, one of the first pay-per-views, but he's still, like, trying to work into his trade. He hasn't forgot about the wrestling business. Um, So they're going to have a lot of faces. But, yeah, Chris, I never even thought about the cons and and the stuff around. I think, for me, logistics, the hardest thing would be to get their equipment from, you know, um, Stanford, Connecticut to overseas. That would be the hardest thing. And there's so much that goes into a WrestleMania that there would be a lot of back and forth. I think that travel bill would be really high. But fuck them. They're a $9 billion company, right? (laughs) So, my final thing is, yeah, I think, I think the reality is, I think if WWE do, does go through with it, I think it does look like they're starting to see AEW as a competitor, and that essentially, I don't mean to be vulgar when I say this, it's just going to be whose dick is bigger at that point, right? So, the attendance number is going to play a massive role in, in, uh, in determining who had the better event. Ultimately, um, the fans will decide who had the better show. Um, but, you know, I think it's the numbers that really matter for stuff like that when they go through. And, and right now, Endeavor's really trying to make sure that they're getting their value out of their product that they purchased. Um, so, two last things for the card. Um, we had a little bit of a swerve with uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Um, so, it looks like Baszler and Rousey are breaking up and uh, basically living uh, Raquel Rodriguez, Josh's favorite, also known as the back. Not not live but Raquel Josh. Um, you know, the back, you know, won the tag team titles. But brings us to our main event, which was the Usos against Roman Reigns and Soa Sokoa. And um, one of one of the big, you know, stats obviously coming out of this was that Roman Reigns was finally pinned for the first time in three years by Jey Uso. Um, so when you're looking at the USOs and you're looking at this whole bloodline, I think they it's it's gone farther than I thought it would. Uh, but it's been good TV. I think we've been really enjoying what we've been seeing. It hasn't seemed boring. Um, I watched we watched uh, we were um, we were going to film on Friday or, or do the podcast on Friday. Uh, didn't happen, which is all right. Um, but it gave us an opportunity to actually watch SmackDown, which was great and uh you know obviously the beginning segment with roman reigns and and teasing with jay um like it's just been an ongoing scenario with with them now my my big question um to you we'll start with josh josh do you think that Jey Uso being put into the main event Jey Uso spot like he was about two years ago when he had the shot at roman's title um does he have the ability to beat roman reigns do you think, compared to like all the all the people we saw, the stuff with Cody, where we thought for sure Cody was gonna win, is Jey Uso gonna be the man that upends Roman Reigns?
2: No, no, I don't think so at all. I think that, uh, you know, he he got that pin over Roman Reigns, and I think that's the last time he's gonna he's gonna see the one two three count with Roman Reigns. I just don't see them putting the undisputed championship on Jey Uso not to say that he that he couldn't represent the company I just don't think that he's that primary star he's not the tribal chief in my opinion I think that you know there's going to be a swerve at some point and I think that you know it could be solo Sokoa I, although I solo Sokoa is still quite green in the main roster in my opinion to carry it as well so I'm, I'm not sure I, it's it's really tough to think who's going to beat Roman Reigns. I feel like it has to be someone special. Um, not to say that Jey Uso isn't that someone special, but I just feel like the way that they're booking this is that like it's going to have to be something something massive for Roman Reigns. Or he might just retire with the belts, and then they're going to have a you know a tournament or something like that where the the title holder replaces Roman Reigns eventually. But I, I just do not see Jey Uso beating him and it's it's just because i think he's just he's too much of a a tag star and that's where he that's where he does his best work and that you know like i just don't see him as uh taking the company to the next level so that's it
0: Chris, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, you know what? I, I mean, kind of when we go back and we saw Sammy, Sammy Zayn at a tight uh, before um, Cody took over at WrestleMania, but at the Elimination Chamber, we saw the pop that we had. Um, my two questions are basically for you. Did WWE miss the boat with Sammy after, you know, in, in retrospect and in hindsight a few months later? And do you actually think that Jay is going to be the person that, that takes the title off of Roman? So same question as Josh.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree with Josh just about everything he said. Uh, did they miss the boat with Sammy? I totally think so. Um, we didn't have to have Sammy carry the company for a year. We could have had him take the belt, and then we could have had him work a program, work the rest of the program with Roman Reigns, uh, and then have Roman Reigns take the belt back. Um, that's something just to give Sammy that that moment and, I mean, the fans wanted it. You could tell. You can tell when they wrestled. And they had a, an amazing match. You could tell when they wrestled. But like everybody wanted Sammy to win, and I think maybe everybody wanted it so bad because, like I said, with WWE, we're kind of programmed to to know what's going to happen. So we all knew it wasn't going to happen. But any time it came close and we saw it was going to happen, man, like like you would get goosebumps. You like it would it would be awesome. But. Uh, would have been great they could have ran that they could have i think they could have milked the cow a little bit more with those two than they did um i I like what they're doing with ju so i think it's i think it's great for for him to get uh to get that spot but uh, like josh says they're they're a tag team they've always been a tag team um i mean from where they came they were constantly trying to be I, I say it a lot, but with WWE, I feel like a lot is shoved down our throats. And they tried a few times with the Usos to make them a big deal. And then once the bloodline came, they they uh, they they made it to that next level. So, um, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to to say Jay is going to be that guy. I just I don't see it either. Um, you never know. We could get surprised. They they have given us a surprise here or there given the pin on Roman after three years is was a pretty good surprise, but do I think he's the guy who's going to take the belt off? Uh, I don't think so. I just don't uh, I don't think he's a big enough player, even though he's getting the he's getting a little bit of the, the shine right now. I just don't think I just don't think that name is the name that's going to that's
0: gonna do it. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I think he's starting to get the notoriety, but I think it kind of almost like kind of I think it takes the luster off of the um, kind of Romans uh, Romans three years in a way. I think, honestly, what I think is going to happen is um, somebody's going to beat him clean. It's probably like I'm sitting at around 70 to 80% that somebody's going to beat him clean because kind of has to happen to give, give the other person, wait for it, the rub. But I think there's also this 20% of me that says that it's going to be Paul Heyman that pulls the swerve. And uh, I think it would be really interesting if that happens. And uh, that's the only route that I see for Jay to become the World Heavyweight Champion or the Universal Champion at that point. Um, Sorry, because there is a World Heavyweight title, but I'm going to say Universal Champion. I think if the swerve happens and the swerve goes down and basically Paul Heyman and they all get together and just kick Reigns out, I think that's the one way that it that that it goes down. But I, I agree with both of you. I think they missed the boat with Sammy. I think they could have capitalized. And I think if uh, the other interesting question, the philosophical question is, is if Cody Rhodes doesn't come back, and he didn't come back, and they had everything set up for that WrestleMania, does Sammy take the title at Elimination Chamber? And uh, I think that's where you kind of look at yes at that point because uh, you know maybe they wanted Reigns to go to the thousand days, but it's hard when you have lightning in a bottle it's hard to capitalize and move forward with it and i think sammy was lightning in a bottle and now he's kind of with the tag titles they're kind of him and kevin are down to like a kind of a little bit more of a comedy act in a way and and that that lightning's not there anymore so um it'd be interesting to see um, so yeah, with that being said about, uh, money in the bank and with WWE, we're going to move on to AEW and, uh, you know, I think we're going to talk a little bit, uh, in regards to AEW about, um, you know, uh, collision. There was some interesting noise, um, in the Twitterverse over the week from Jonathan Coachman, who now works for ESPN, who was a longtime commentator with WWE saying that Saturday nights have no place for wrestling And I'm paraphrasing because there's more, but you can find it on Twitter. And that Saturday nights for wrestling have definitely not generated any ratings over the course of history in the wrestling business. (laughs) So some facts when you talk about Collision. Collision in its first week when it started from Chicago did a 0.44 demographic. The next week it did about a 0.3, roughly. I think it was like a 3.2 or a 3.3. But the third week it actually dropped to a 0.14. So, Chris, when I bring up those numbers and we talk about ratings demographic, really important to make sure we have those numbers so that wrestling stays televised. Um, is this just a blip for AEW? Do you think those numbers are going to get better as they go? And do you think wrestling has a place on Saturday nights for, for people who are, you know, down to party?
1: <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, if, if you're looking, if that was my... If that was one of my stocks and I saw those numbers go like that, it's time to sell, sell, sell. But um, it's for for a show that's not a pay per view. It's it's pretty tough. Like it's pretty tough to to make waves on a Saturday. I mean, even we used to have what Saturday main event, but that I mean, it wasn't a huge show. Um, there's not usually too like very many big names on it, and I mean, they're putting Punk out there, and we're just seeing the seeing the ratings drop. I see, like, why it would be so popular when it first started. Chicago, everybody knew Punk was coming. So, I think if that show was any other day than a Saturday, then Tony Khan wouldn't wouldn't have announced Punk ahead of time. Um, so, I, it's it's tough to compete. I mean, even starts at eight. If you have a UFC, like the prelims are on. They start at eight. So, you're gonna there is some crossover between the two brands, and even if there's not. Um, A lot of casuals who might watch it might go watch the UFC uh, prelims. Um, You have a lot of boxing. Um, Like, let's say. Hagler Hagler versus Hearns. (laughs) Right. And. even I, some WD pay per are on Saturday now, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which
0: is which is the odd thing that kinda came from this, this question, right? Because he's saying that's not, but Nick Khan was the one that decided to move premium live events to Saturday nights. And um, they yeah. haven't really been roasted in the ratings when it's come down for those events. People are still watching and some of them are going on Sundays, I believe. Not all of them are on Saturdays, but majoritively they've been on Saturday nights. So
1: But yeah, like like a, a pay per view event on a Saturday, I, I, like, boxing, um, bare knuckle, all the MMA events, everything's everything's Saturday. So, um, a pay per view event is a good place for a Saturday. Uh, a normal week weekly episodic wrestling show, uh, I like I I don't really tune into it. There's there's just so much else to either do that I'm I'm not around to watch it, or there are so many other things that so many other big-ticket events that are going on on a Saturday, it's, it's, hard, it's, to, it's hard to In Sudbury, Ontario.
0: For,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, it's hard to make time for an episodic show where, you know, it's not... Uh, not every week's going to be something that, that moves the needle. It's not a pay-per-view. So, to me, it kind of... I tuned into the first one. I haven't watched too much of any of the other ones. And I think a lot of people might be on my similar path, my similar wavelength, where um, it's just a Saturday I don't have to work it's it's not really a day to invest into into a weekly episodic show it's not something I can do every Saturday
0: yeah that's uh, that's something kind of unique because I mean you know what you kind of mentioned that A&W is a lot like uh WCW and we'll get to this question in a second which is mostly like how do you make the content fresh and how do you make sure that people care about tuning into like back in WW uh, sorry WCW and they had Nitro everybody would do the Monday night but how many people watch Thunder how many people actually like got in there and watched it and followed the storylines that were moving forward. So, and that's uh, and WCW still back then had Saturday, uh, had Saturday, uh, their Saturday night event and stuff that was on TBS, which brings me to this question. Josh, this one's for you is having dynamite rampage, ROH being promoted and now collision. Is that too much Wrestling on TV for AEW. Do they have to cancel the one show to make it meaningful, or do you think that this is the right number moving forward?
2: Oh yeah, it's definitely too many. I think that Rampage is. I mean, for an hour program, I guess maybe they're trying to catch, you know, gain momentum after SmackDown. People still want to watch some wrestling. Um, I think it's it's too many, and I think that you know AEW wrestling can be a little bit confusing. Just because you know, like half their wrestlers have a belt on their backs, and they're walking out with different belts, and you're trying to figure out what their champions of half the time, it seems like. Um, but I really think that Collision can be successful, and I think that like, if they put out a good product, it can be successful. But they they are competing with a lot of different things. I think their biggest competition is actually going to be college football, um, in the U.S. because that's you know a big competitor for that age group. Uh, But I think that if they put a good product out, it can be successful. It's obviously not going to be the best show out of the four. But I think that AEW Wrestling is strong enough that they can really actually, you know, put on quality programming. And, I mean, if you're going to put on a live event in a city, you're going to make the most money on a Saturday at your live event versus, you know, like doing it on a tuesday or a a wednesday
0: well similar to the taping that we went to which was a thursday for rampage right you're gonna i agree you're gonna make more money on the saturday you're gonna have a bigger bigger gate
2: so i mean you know maybe you can lose a little bit in your your tv but you know you're getting a better gate especially if you're doing it live i mean if you're gonna pre-record it then it is what it is but i think that like having having the event with a lot of like a lot of loud atmosphere really helps the events and i think that's what the the successful pay-per-views have is because they have that that live atmosphere that's so strong but they really have to put out a crazy product for the first few months that people want to watch it because if you say like hey did you see collision uh you know will osprey showed up and he jumped off the ladder and killed himself you know like holy shit i gotta watch that you know like tiger drive your 91 from the rafters and sting (laughs) took it and sting was like you know what i'm not gonna retire in the ring i'm just gonna die in the ring and fuck everybody you know oh jesus that's morbid Anyways, but like, but I, think I understand what you're saying. It, it's a tough, it's a tough spot. But I, uh, you know, Saturday nights, Saturday nights, it, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think so. Moving into our next topic, I mean, collision was a, was a vantage point that we got to see for the Owen Hart tournament. And, uh, you know, Owen Hart obviously tragically, you know, lost his life um, in the WWE. Um, the, the Martha, Martha Stewart, well, sorry, Martha, is it Martha Hart? It's his Martha. wife's name. <laughs> Okay, yeah, um, Martha Hart, sorry, man. I thought I was, I was going to say Martha Stewart, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. But, um, you know, the Owen Hart Foundation is basically running uh, this tournament, and uh, there's a men and women's side. So um, we're going to look at the men's side first, and what we're looking at there is going to be uh, Ricky Starks versus CM Punk in the final. And um, so, Chris, moving forward, um, there's a little bit of a storyline where basically, obviously, Starks has been kind of joining CMFTR, and what ended up happening was Starks didn't check on Punk after Joe choked him out on Collision. Um, so, who do you think's gonna win this match? When you're looking at Punk, is this is this a chance for Stark to kind of take that brass ring, or do you think CM Punk goes over because of the the brand name's more important at this point?
1: Um, I, th- I, I don't know. Um, I like Starks. Um- he just always seems like such a minor player. Like, he gets his little pushes, and he's there. I don't like his little pose at the, when he goes up to the... Like, when he enters, I don't like his little weird pose. Um, I think, generally, um, having Punk win it is is good for the Owen Hart name. Um, I I think Punk will probably win it. I could be wrong. AEW, AEW has done stuff that, uh, that does surprise us. Um, I just is that is that starks moment i don't i don't think so um I, I think uh i think punk takes it and just like i said um last year having cole win it is that's a big name um i i just i want them any anytime own hearts involved you guys know even in swa everybody had the uh oh on their shoulders so he's uh he's been a i always loved him thought still think he's one of the best wrestlers of all time so any anybody who wins that i'm always hoping it's going to be somebody big who puts who puts a shine on the name so in this case with these two uh, i'd have to go with punk
0: yeah josh what are your thoughts on that do you think that the tournament really adds to AEW's content like kind of like adds to the belt like i mean um I think that the name of winning it and, and having Martha come out and everything and really kind of keeping the name alive is one of the important parts of the tournament. But do you think that it actually moves a wrestler forward?
2: Yeah, so I actually think that, like, I would, I'm hoping that CM Punk doesn't win, but I also am not really keen on Ricky Starks winning this. I was kind of hoping that Powerhouse Hobbs was going to win. Um, I am glad to see that he's turning face. Um, I think that a tournament like this could, you know, be a, more of a star maker, more, like, you know, give, you know, the rub to a, a young like King up, of the like Ring, talent. right? Right, like, yeah, kind of, like... And I think it's a cop to put it on CM Punk. I think that it's too obvious. When I saw him in, in the tournament, I was like, this is bullshit. You're just going to have him come back, win, win the Owen Hart Classic, and then you're going to have him face MJF for the title, and, you know, like, it it's fine. I just... I'm still not keen on Punk's in in ring ability right now. Ricky Starks, I think he could win too, but like I basically the lineup wasn't really that when I looked at the lineup I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, so CM Punk's going to win," which is kind of disappointing. Um so we'll see. Hopefully there's a swerve, maybe, you know, Ricky Starks wins, but uh, I'm really not too uh, too over on either of these guys winning the tournament. I think it would have been better off on someone like a powerhouse Hobbs or someone else who, you know, wasn't in the tournament.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, uh, that's something that you go through. Hobbs was one of my favorites going through too. I think like for me, you kind of almost have to let Starks win it. I think for you really, you're trying to, you've been building something with Starks now for the last few months. And I, I really do like Ricky Starks. I think like he, he, he's very charismatic. Um, you know, you might not like his pose or you might not like certain things about him, but the kid can wrestle. um, and, uh, you know, we want to let that charisma go through, but I agree with you, Josh, it should be a star maker, right? Or it should be something where it's not like somebody that's already over that takes it. Cause it's as much as I can agree with Chris looking on the, the same other end and saying that you want the star power there for the, the Owen Hart name. I think Owen Hart was always somebody that was no matter where he was, he was still up and coming. I think he would have been on the way if he would have stayed another five years to be on the way to being a world, world champion. That's how, that's how good he was. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know it's gonna be interesting to see I think um, I'm looking I'm looking for I hope Starks takes it but I'll understand if CM Punk gets it um, on the women's side um, we're only in the semifinals right now um, so basically we got kind of a kind of a weird lineup there too which is kind of interesting and fun um, we got Sky Blue against Ruby Soho and then we got um, Athena against Willow Nightingale which would kind of like not have any of the massive names like Cargill or Britt Baker, even though because Britt Baker got knocked out by Ruby Soho. So we've got some relatively um, fresh faces that, you know, even though they've held some, you know, NJPW strong titles and some ROH titles with Athena, um, basically we got a fresh lineup. So ultimately, if you look at those matches, Chris, and w- what's going down, who do you think benefits more from taking the win and the title out of those four women?
1: Uh, I think, I think Willow, like Willow's been, she's been used pretty strongly lately. Uh, when she debuted, I mean, she debuted, they had introduced her, and not a lot of people I don't think know knew who she was, I didn't, I didn't know who she was, but it uh, seemed like she kind of uh, dropped out a little bit after that, and then uh, she beat Mercedes Moname, even though it was by default due to an injury, it's still, still a big win. Uh, this one, you know, it's it's up in the air for me. Um, I I wouldn't be upset with Ruby Soho. I think she's done she's done a lot in the game, and I've been so high on her ever since I ever since she was introduced to me in w, WWE. I've always thought she was she was great. She's actually been putting out some pretty good promos lately too.
0: She's been um, and she's been devoid. If you actually look at her WWE and like her her prime time TV, like in the big league, she's never won a singles title.
1: No. She's never had she's never had that big that big push. Uh, do I think Tony Khan's the guy that could? Excuse me, the guy that could give it to her. My butter tart's coming out there. <laughs> so, uh, could she? Could Tony be the guy who actually takes a chance on her and, and lets her do that? It kind of looks like he's kind of doing that right now. Like she's she's kind of being being a big player in that group too, even though even though uh, Tony Storm has the belt. There's still Ruby Soho is still getting a lot of time on her own. Um, I, I, I'd have to to me, it's between Willow, Willow, and uh, Willow and Ruby Soho. Um, Athena's Athena's great, but she she never did it for me. Um, and uh, sorry, who else is in it? Who's uh, one? Sky oh, Blue and Sky Blue. Um, she had a nice, she had a nice, uh, she did a nice little run in, I believe, on Ruby Soho on Wednesday. Um, so they're they're pushing her a little bit. Um, I don't see her her or Athena. I see both of them going out. I see the main event being Willow and Ruby Soho. And just for the just for my personal what I want personally to happen, I I say that uh, I say they put it on Ruby Soho. But at the same time, what I'm thinking about with uh, With the Owen Hart stuff Would they put it on a heel right Um, What they did last time is they put it on two faces With Cole and Rip Baker Um, Would I be upset if they put it on a heel No but do I just think They're going to go that way with the Owen Hart name
0: I think so. I think like they're not going to. I don't think Ruby Soho is going to disrespect the name. I don't think you have to disrespect anything as a heel at that point to just kind of accept like your your win and kind of go from there. Uh, Like the next night when you say and throw it in everybody's face, I think that that would be the key. But Mm. Josh, who do you think wins this tournament?
2: Uh, I'm with Chris. I think it's going to be Ruby Ruby Soho. Uh, I could see them putting it on Willow Knight, like putting it. Like, the win on Willow Nightingale, I just, I don't know. I The way that they're booking Ruby Soho, she's I think that she, out of the four, probably deserves it the most in the sense that, like, this would give her a big boost. Who knows? There could be, like, a, another swerve where it looks like she turns face in the, in the long run um, to give that Owen Hart, you know, mentality. Maybe this is the turning point for her on that. I'm not sure... But it's really hard to tell. It's really hard for me to see them put it on Sky, like Sky Blue or Athena. win this, um, so I agree with Chris. You're going to see a face versus a heel in the finals, right? So like, I'm not expecting to see Ruby Ho- Soho versus Athena, and I'm definitely not expecting to see Sky Blue versus Athena. So um, it's likely I think that it's that's going to be the matchup. Maybe they put it on Willow Nightingale just for that that whole Owen Hart good guy kind of thing. But I think that. You know, it's not necessary. Martha Hart should be keen on the industry and knowing that being a heel is part of this and that, like, they should be able to win. If it's only going to be a face that wins, then, it, you know, then that's kind of silly, especially considering that, like, during the last tournament, Britt Baker had, like, just turned face, what, like, right before the tournament? She wasn't, she'd been a heel for a long time and Adam Cole is, for sure, can be a heel any t- any day of the week if he has to be, at least, you know, not in real life, because apparently he's the nicest person in the world Real in real life, so.
0: You got oh, it. Ownhart
2: did a lot of oh, Hart did a lot of great heel work in his time. So oh, absolutely,
1: it could make sense. Could make sense to give it give it uh, a platform for a heel to a heel to use that as, uh, like Matt said. Obviously, what you'd do is go and and uh, and uh, throw it in everybody's faces, or like the classic one of my favorites from from the women's side was when um, Alexa Bliss. I think I think she won the Elimination Chamber. And she was telling all all the little girls like, oh, and uh, she she was just saying it's time for you to look up and and uh, I think she she almost pulled a Connor McGregor and did like I I have to apologize for absolutely nobody, so <laughs> so it looked it looked like she was turning full face and then she just threw it in everybody's face. I, I remember watching that with my friend McPherson, and I was just like, oh my God, that was like that was amazing. So. That could be that could be a perfect chance for Ruby. You know, she gets she finally gets a singles recognition, um is all sad and then just throws it in everybody's faces. I would love that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I she think
1: you could steal
2: Martha Martha Hart's hat. Steal her hat. <laughs>
0: I think I think, uh, I think Ruby is the favorite. I think Sky Blue is just going to probably have the match of her life against Ruby, and I think that's going to set her up well to, to be one of the main faces against the Outcasts. I think that's where it's going to go for me. I uh, wouldn't be a shock to me if uh, I think Willow's second behind to, to see if she wins the tournament. That would be another great way to get somebody over, but I also think it wouldn't be fair to Ruby at that point. I think it's her time to actually win something uh, singles-wise, and I think this is a good tournament to start. But back to Owen Hart. The best four words I've ever seen on a shirt back in the attitude, area, uh, attitude Era was, Chris, do you know what it is?
1: Enough's enough. It's time for a change.
0: I'm not a nugget.
1: I'm not a nugget. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. If that's okay. Yeah, d- d-
0: that's okay. The enough enough one was probably the, the probably his best shirt, but I'm not a nugget. I'm not a nugget. Uh, it was probably what it is, and that's what uh, I loved about Owen Hart. Um Okay, going into our last topic, basically, which is going to mostly stem from Dynamite in this blind, weird-ass tag team tournament that seems to have tag team partners being stacked up next to each other, like Swerve and uh, the Bearcat there, Keith, Keith Lee. Lee. Um, what we want to talk about are these really, really hilarious vignettes with Adam Cole and MJF. After you know getting ready for the world heavyweight title or the triple B, basically Adam Cole and it seems like MJF are trying to be friends at this point. Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that it's going to take away the luster from from the title match when it happens? And do you think they go on to win the tag team titles?
1: I, I don't think I think it just makes it even better. I've I think they're money together right now. So um, what just to just to go back, uh, I, I hope they win the titles. Um, and I hope they have the match while they're tag team champions. Like I hope they have a title match. If we look back, WWE, WWE, jeez, WWE used to do this to us all the time, where people feuding or people who are absolute enemies were forced to tag with each other.
0: Rocking I was mankind. All for
1: it. Yeah, and well, and I think it's happened with Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold. Stone Cold has had tag partners he's been feuding with, and those are always. Super interesting to me. So, and we haven't seen that a lot in a in a long in a long time. So, to me, it's I'm all for it. As soon as I saw it, they were paired together, I'm like, good. This is this is. I saw a lot of this in the Attitude Era. It's just it's uh, puts a fresh little spin on something, making them work together, and having them win, even though you can tell there's obvious animosity. Right, I. I like it in the. The vignettes make me laugh. I mean, anything. You can, you can put like a pile of shit next to MJF, and he'll, he'll he'll make somebody <laughs> look at that pile of shit and think that pile of shit is gonna do something good. So, yeah, I, I doesn't hurt Cole at all. Doesn't hurt MJF at all. They can both. They're both really good on the mic. So, um, I hope they win it. Um, you know what I? And this this is kind of out of left field, but. Like what if they, what if even after the title match they're still champions, and then even after the match they're still forced to work together? Like that, to me, that would be something pretty interesting to watch. But that's uh, that's Chris's booking in his head. Um, but yeah, so to me, to me, it works. Um, I think they should they should uh, squeeze all the juice they can out of it.
0: Josh, speaking of like Encino Man wheezing the juice. Um, do you honestly think that uh, these vignettes have been funny? Do you think that um, Cole and MJF are in it for the long haul? Because it even seems like with Roderick Strong and some people that have been with Cole, where it's like, what's the deal with MJF? Like, what do you think the swerve line is going to be here when it happens?
2: Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, MJF is just hamming it up, being that, you know, asshole buddy. And he's, he's totally going to swerve on on Adam Cole. And Adam Cole kind of, you can kind of feel like Adam Cole's like, this guy's full of shit. But I love the vignettes. They're hilarious. I was watching the, vi- the vignette where they were working out at the gym and MJF's pumping three plates and then Adam Cole gets down and he's like, do you want a spot? And then they zoom in on Adam Cole and he's clearly getting help because, you know, he's not lifting three plates. No offense to Adam Cole, but he's not doing three plates. not the end of the world. <laughs> meme uh, Yeah, exactly. You get kind <laughs> the of memes. the weight off the one side and then they zoom back out and MJF's face is like, oh my God. But like MJF's being the classic asshole, like this is just kind of what he's doing. To avoid having to fight Adam Cole because his character wouldn't want to fight Adam Cole, whatever it is, it'd be funny if they won the titles. But I, I think they get to the, you know, the title championships. They win the tournament or whatever it is, and then they, that's where they, they turn on each other. And MJF shows his true colors because that's what MJF does, you know, because MJF has done this before with when he was feuding with CM Punk. He, he, you know, played the good guy and all that stuff, and it's good. I love when MJF acts like that because it's hilarious. But like, if we think that MJF's not being MJF, then uh, we're full of beans. I, I think that uh, he's going to—he's going to turn. He's just doing this because that's part of his stick, and that's great. I like it because uh, these vignettes are funny, and it's good to see him have a little bit more range um, than just calling everybody a bunch of pores. You know, like, <laughs> it's, I, I like what he calls us. I a like it, I'm it. like, I am a poor, That's fine, but. Uh, I think that it's good to see his comedy and he loves to sing. So it's good. You know, he's got a good voice. He's showing off his chops.
0: Yeah. I I really love the cake, uh, the cake incident where he's going to kind of uh, rub Adam Cole's face in the cake. And then the, Cole turned it around and put it on him I think it's just it's 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 good it's it's satire it's fun and um you know um I actually don't have them winning the tag titles I actually have the breakup happening in the finals where they actually are going to have that breakup then set up the title match I think that's uh I didn't want to take away from both your plan a's I still think it's a good plan but I still think that that's probably um just a way that you kind of have titles on somebody else and it opens up a, a set of belts but you never know um I think it would be, I think Chris, I think it would be really interesting to see that the tag team champions were, you know, in, in, in a world title match as well, right? When you're going through it. So, but um, they've been great. I think it's been funny. MJF, you're right. Josh's character wouldn't want to fight Adam Cole, especially after the time limit draw. So, when you look at it, I, I mean, I hope it continues and uh, we'll see how fun it goes on uh, Wednesday night when we watch. Well, that's it for our topics. Josh, it's time for your segment of the show. What is slicing your salami, good sir?
2: Well, okay, so it happened again last night. Um, you know you know how much I love it when champions lose clean and then they have to fight for the championship later. So last night on Collision, for those who didn't watch, uh, FTR lost clean to Juice Robinson and Jay White. And, you know, they're my new champions. And uh, this also happened a little while back where Sami Zayn, And Kevin Owens lost to the Judgment Day, and they lost clean. And I was like, "This is ridiculous. Why do you even have a match that with the with the champions anytime where they can lose and then not win the title?" And I get it; you're calling it an eliminator match, malarkey. I don't care. If you're gonna have that kind of match, then and you wanna have the second series, then make them win on like a no decision or something stupid, like where it's a disqualification. Get get FTR disqualified, but otherwise. Juice Robinson, Jay White, new tag team champions in AEW, and Judgment Day has been the champions of WWE for the last five weeks. I would say, uh, <laughs> based on their their bullshit booking. So, you know, besides John Moxley's uh, leg leg kicks, that's one of the things that uh, and Slice tope suicidas. One. Yes. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's another one. But John Moxley stomps. That's the original slices my salami, baby.
0: All right. Good points, Chris. Anything to add for the final comment?
2: Uh, no,
1: no, I think uh, I think I'm good. I uh, I didn't watch too much wrestling, so um, if
2: I come off a little uh, unknowledgeable today. You all know why. You know and oh, I've I have been. I, I, yeah. So, Money in the Bank. I remember back in the day when it first started that the person could come in at any point and just do the one with the referee and do the pin. Yep. Is that now it's changed where they have to actually start the match? The person has to be... nope. Like, can you be in the middle of a match? Can the Money in the Bank person come out and yep. say, like, I'm joining this. I'm, I'm going to pin the guy right now when he's unconscious?
0: Anytime they want.
2: But contract, the, the contract, point, the 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 contract happens
0: at any time as long as it's not in, like, a match. They can insert themselves into a match, but I've never seen one, like middle of the match where they come in usually it's like <laughs> right but
2: originally didn't they weren't they able to just like if the guy was knocked out like let's say brock lesnar comes in and just decimates roman reigns yep. and lays him on the ground can 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 damien priest just come in and say i'm gonna step on his chest and go one two three
0: you got it they got to ring the bell and okay. do the whole thing and then that's pretty much it and they have to but cash roman it in have to be up. the only other room the only other thing is they have to cash it they have one year to cash it which everybody forgets
2: yeah okay interesting
0: all right. Well, with that being said, um, Chris, I, I don't think you're uneligible at all. I think you did a great job today um, when you're going through. I think everybody was, it was a great pod as usual. Then we got uh, people who are passionate about wrestling and love it. That's just the key to it. It doesn't matter if you haven't seen it. Um but I think on top of that when you're going through, again, just remember you can hit us up on any of our you know channels that you find. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on you know Spotify and just get yourself listening to the podcast on Google and Apple, right. So I think that's really the keys. Come find us. We're here if you have any questions, you can find us at the rub, uh, the rub wrestling at outlook.com and uh, for everybody out there in the world, wherever you are, depending on the time zone, it's good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. We all bid you with you. Bang!